Welcome to Redemption Unscripted. On this podcast, you will hear unscripted conversation to help you know Jesus, grow in your relationship with Him, and go advance His kingdom. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to another episode of Redemption Unscripted. I am your host, uh, Austin. I'm one of the pastors here at Redemption Chapel, and I'm really excited to have uh, some guests on the podcast this month. And uh, one of our, our heartbeats at our church, we obviously are all about the Great Commission. We want to see people uh, go out, spread the gospel. We want to see people become uh, followers of Jesus. And so we we hope that happens right here in our neighborhood and Stowe and surrounding communities. But uh, we know we're also called to go uh, to the nations and to go uh, out even farther from here. So we do have the privilege of a church uh, sending out missionaries, and we have a few different uh, full-time missionaries that we send out, and we have uh, two of them with us uh, on the podcast. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves, tell us where their missionaries to, and maybe just a little snippet of what specifically they're doing in their field. So, I'm Nicole, and my husband Mitchell, we... Um Hey guys, I'm Mitchell. <laughs> we work in Portugal, and our primary focus is church planting. And um, luckily in Portugal, uh, we have the ability to be flexible with how we approach church planting. Uh, we're, we're allowed to uh, be religious workers. Um, we're allowed to talk about Jesus and be in the church and talk about the church. So it gives us a really unique opportunity um, to share the gospel. Um, and so for us, that looks like a variety of things, um, extracurricular activities such as Mitchell likes to rock climb, um, and I am becoming a certified lactation consultant to meet with moms in the home. Um, Mitchell uses his videography and photography skills um, and photo shoots like random events in town or he had done a wedding and things like that. So we could use those kinds of skills to meet people and then have spiritual conversations and ultimately, hopefully, um, with a lot of commitment, bring them to the church and the local church is the most important part of our job, I think. It's also the hardest part of our job. Yeah. But yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Anything you would add to that, Mitchell? I mean, she... Well done, Nicole. She gave us that was a great summary. But so, I want to give like, you a chance, man. It's like we've shared this. Before yeah, with some it's like people. you're doing this together or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think maybe moving forward in one of your other questions, I'm sure you'll maybe touch on just like what's kind of next for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're just moving forward our next term. We're looking to church plant from the ground up. I don't know if that records. So, sorry, I don't know if that records him. I don't know how that so works. So their child was just crying. And then <laughs> no, that, did they, so did what, they hear that or no? I don't know. Maybe, maybe eh, not. Maybe. Hey, it's okay. okay. He wants to be on the podcast. What's his name, by the way? Let's, Leo. That's Leo. Leo. So Leo just wants to be on the mic. So he, sure. he, he did, we'll get him on there. We'll we do our best. We think he's an extrovert. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's yeah. a people person. That's cool. Um, so yeah, yeah, I was just saying, um, yeah, starting next term, we're going to be church playing from the ground up, um, nice. us two and our teammates, Tommy and Courtney. Um, so that's going to be really challenging, but also really exciting. Um, cause there's, we have, there's so much, there's so much newness to that. Yeah. Um, but we're really excited to see what God will do. That's cool. Yeah. And you mentioned, so Tommy and Courtney, uh, some people might know that they're another missionary couple, uh, that we send out from our church, but they're your teammates, right? Is that the mm-hmm. language you use? So, yeah. Yep. So you guys are working together in Portugal and uh, who who went first? Was it you guys or them, or was it pretty much the same? Well, they, beat, they beat us there. Okay. Yeah, they won <laughs> yeah. the race. It's not a competition, though. I got you. I got you. Yeah. 
That's cool. Um, yeah, they did. They, uh, they're, they're extreme. We always just joke that they're the extreme couple. Um, so everything they do is just to the extreme. So yeah, they they like slammed out fundraising and okay. did all their. They also paid trainings. off their debt sooner than we did, so they that's really off. the reason True. why yeah. they yeah. got yeah. their first. They lived first. more extreme in that, <laughs> yeah. in that sense, and and they paid off their debt. That makes sooner. sense. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Well, let me. I just want to kind of ask some questions, and some of this is I want uh, our listeners to obviously uh, get a feel for you know who you guys are as you know you're representing Jesus, obviously, but in a big way, you're representing Redemption Chapel in Portugal. And so, uh, for our people, we they know we have missionaries, but we often don't. You know, our church is large enough now. You're like, who are the missionaries, and what's their names? What do they do? So, hopefully, this helps them. Uh, and so, let me just start with this question: When when did you guys? And maybe it was different times, but when did you guys feel that pull to go into missions as your full-time kind of career? Like not just the short-term mission trip, but actually say, this is what we're doing as a family or, you know, for my future career. When did that start to happen for you guys? Well, for me, I know that um, ever since becoming a Christian, uh, since middle school, I always was interested in doing missions overseas long-term anyways. And then uh, meeting Mitchell, he uh, was very willing to do, do that as well. So when we got married, we knew um, that, so we were nurses beforehand and we knew that would only be temporary. And um, so yeah, we were friends with um, Tommy and Courtney in college as well. And so they had an interest in going overseas. Um, and then they knew we had an interest in going overseas long-term. So one day um, they took us out to dinner and they asked us if we wanted to go together as a team to be sent out from Redemption Chapel. And they're like, go ahead and pray about it. And instantly we were like, yes. <laughs> so um, we then went um, on a short-term trip to Oaxaca together kind of just to test the waters of what the team dynamics would be like to work together. And mm-hmm. Pastor Jared came with us too. And then we decided from there um, and under the guidance of Pastor Jared as well that uh, we felt like going forward long term was something that we all wanted to do, and and That's yeah, cool. and God allowed that to happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what now? When you said you guys obviously went into marriage knowing this was you know you're together in this, you want to go at it. Like, did either of you, when you were younger, even before you met, did you guys already have some of that pull to missions, and then it just made sense? Or yeah, for sure. We when we met, um, we both had interest in, okay. in going to missions and serving overseas. Um, so that was like one of my check boxes to keep the long story short. That was yeah. one of my check boxes of, Hey, this girl's cute. <laughs> she's in nursing as well as me. And she's interested in missions. That's a, that's a, yeah. win. that's yeah. a win, win, win. So. Which is pretty important for them to, if you want to go into full-time missions and you meet someone that does it, like that's kind of that's, a deal breaker. Like yeah. you kind of need sure. like, it's Hey, it's definitely yeah. a red yeah. flag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, why did you guys choose Portugal? So obviously you know, we can take the gospel and church plan a lot of places. So what is it about Portugal? And maybe, you know, that's just where God put in your heart, but what, how did that process kind of happen where you guys chose Portugal is where you would Great be? story. So um, all four of us went to our orientation week called Explore at Pioneers. And... Um, Pioneers is our sending agency. Yeah, I was say, so. Yes, yes, Pioneers is our sending agency. Um, and when we went... Uh, The four of us had no idea where we wanted to go, but with all four of us being nurses, we thought, well, maybe we would do medical missions in some capacity. And um, so we went to this week, and there was an event called Around the World, and each um, room represented different types of countries, Europe versus Africa versus um, South America and such. 
And so we were like, okay, well, by the end of the week, maybe we'll decide on like five countries and we'll go from there. And um, <laughs> I just remember going to one of the rooms and it was about Africa and they were nomadic missionaries constantly moving and living in huts. And I thought to myself, absolutely not. <laughs> You're like, that. Not that's not a box to check. That's, that's yeah, yeah. We're not doing that. I can't do that. And... Meanwhile, I'm just grinning ear yeah. to ear, like, let's go. So, yeah, awesome. so, yeah, so me yeah. and Courtney, um, we were like, oh, man, I, I don't think I can do that long-term. Short-term, sure, we've done that kind of stuff short-term. Long-term, no. And the boys were like, oh, my gosh, we have to do this. We have to, you know, walk miles to get our water and never shower. And I was just like, okay, if I'm going to do this long-term, I, I can't do it in that environment. And I had to really learn to be okay with that. Um, because I think, I don't know, it's really easy to be like, what kind of missionary is missionary unless they're, you know, living, you know, in a tent or something. So, so I just had to be like, you know what, I, you know, you know, I, I, I can't do that. So then, um, the, we went to the Portuguese room and there was a family, another family in Portugal at the time. And they recruited us, um, and they were telling us about the needs of Portugal. And um, for me, I got really, really excited. And I was by myself. I, th- I don't know where everyone else was at. I was by myself, but I th- th- said to myself, oh, my gosh, we're going to Portugal. So I go, and I tell everybody, Tommy and Courtney Mitchell, I'm like, guys, we're going to Portugal. And they're like, Nicole, you can't make this decision for our team. Like, we have to think about this as a team. And I was like, I know, I know, but we're going to Portugal. So, like, I don't really know what else so, to tell you. Yeah, so just get on the train. Yeah. Go. <laughs> so, uh, so they're like, okay, Nicole, whatever. So the week goes by. Courtney is all on board. She's So her and I are loving it. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? Like, Mitchell, is, Mitchell and I are at this point, like, kind of fighting. Um because he wants to go to some, you know, rogue country and I want to, you know, go to Portugal. And I think too, one of the hardest things about accepting our calling to going to Europe is because I think the first thought is Europe needs missionaries. I didn't, I didn't realize that, um, you know, they have this Catholic background. Um, but when you truly learn about the culture, uh, you realize that Jesus just isn't isn't there. And so someone said it this way. This was very profound for us. They said, there's two ways to die of dehydration, one in the desert and one in the ocean. In the desert, you don't have any water. And in the ocean, you seemingly have water, but it's toxic. And the ocean is kind of what describes Europe. There seems to be religion, spirituality, Christianity there. Um, but really, it's, it's very toxic, um, not gospel-centered. And when we realized... Um, and then more specifically for Portugal, um, that they, they need pastors. There are pastors who are pastoring multiple churches because they don't have enough. The average ter- church size is 30, and that's doing pretty good. Um, less than 2% of the population know Jesus in Portugal. And all four of us, we came from, we, we accepted Christ as adults. So we remembered what it was like to live um, a secular life. Um, and then experience Christ and uh, the culture of Europe is very secular. Um, and so I think for us that just really made us very compassionate for that people group. And um, so then by the end of the orientation week, um, when we all talked about it and prayed about it, we realized, well, okay, there really is a huge need. And then we ended the week with all of us deciding on Portugal. Nice, yeah. Yeah, I remember Tommy was kind of 
the next to to buy in on it, and then I was kind of the last. Yeah. You were still hoping for that note, glaring at Tommy <laughs> like, "What the heck, dude? I thought we were in on this together, <laughs> yeah. man." And um, yeah, I, I I said to the three of them, I was like, "Convince me, like, why?" Mm. You know, and yeah. and God humbled me and just realized like there's a lot of false guilt and shame of like going mm. to Europe because so many Americans want to travel to Europe and do mm. vacation there. So I'm like, how could I? live there and do you know sure. do yeah. ministry there um so that was huge humbling that and then yeah just really realizing there's no church there mm. there's just there's no church there you know we live in a town of 10,000 people and wow. there's no healthy church there yeah. which is wild to think is like you know for you know myself living here and then our listeners i mean we're we can drive five minutes radius around Redemption Chapel mm-hmm. and there's like yeah. 40 other churches. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's yeah. a different world. And yeah. And then something else too, that I just thought of. Um, so, you know, people say, or we have been told that in places like the Middle East and Africa and South America, their living conditions might, might be pretty poor, but the spiritual response is a lot stronger than in a place like Europe where your living conditions are better, but spiritually, um, it's very, very dark. And so that is very true. It is very, very dark. And so Europe needs people who are willing to openly talk about Jesus and the gospel. And I feel, I feel like the four of us, we all love doing that. Um, and the idea for me of having to, uh, I guess, hide that or do that in a, in a a different way other than just being, I guess, blunt about it is would be really hard for me. And I think all of us have that personality. And so we are very willing to go into a place where people don't want to talk about Jesus and talk about it. Um, and so I think that was another thing that drew us to Portugal because we wanted to use that yeah. skill that we felt like God was telling us to use. Yeah, I feel like uh, I knew Tommy and Courtney a little better than you guys, but I knew all four of you before you went. And it makes sense what you're doing now because you guys were like that just kind of, let's just go out and share the gospel. Let's talk to people I like super relational. Us. Oh, yeah. Because we're all like youth, you're volunteers in our youth ministry, man. I remember it. So, uh, yeah, if you're crazy yeah. enough to work with high school. Yeah, for real. That, that can prepare you for any mission field. So. Uh, so what would be, I mean, so how, how long have you guys been in Portugal as of now? So how many years? It was like two and a half years. Okay. So two and a half years. So what's been in that two and a half years so far? Like what's been the most challenging part? I know there's some good and we'll get to that. Just some probably fulfilling, exciting things. But my guess is there's challenges like every mm-hmm. other calling. So what, what are some of the biggest challenges you guys have encountered uh, over in Portugal? I mean, aside from like, what any missionary will face, which is language learning and just learning culture. That's a huge one. Um, I think aside from that, just like for us, the past two and a half years is just finding, really finding direction and like traction of, okay, what, like, what are we doing? Cause it was just such a, it's a huge learning experience. Um, just getting to know not just the Portuguese culture, but also what's the Christian culture that does exist there. Cause mm-hmm. you know, there, there are churches there, there are people there. Um, and just seeing what's good and bad in that. And then, um, yeah, just coming to this decision really of going back and, and church planning from the ground up, yeah. not necessarily um, alongside or from like a, a specific yeah. church. But. So that's, yeah. So when you say ground up for people listening, so when you say that you're referring to like, it is, you know, we are planning a church from scratch. Like, from it yeah. Is, yeah. 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 Okay. So, you know, there's so many church planning models. Redemption yeah. would be kind of like a... Um, it's a start as a campus now it's it's an attraction model where you you take a group from a bigger church Mm -hmm. and continue growing that um we don't have that option um so because the church is so small because the church is so small there's just 
Yeah, there. you can't, can't take the whole church. So. Yeah. yeah. The benefit is we <laughs> You take really 15 people and half the church is gone. Yeah, totally, yeah. Interesting. The benefit is we get to instill the DNA that we yeah. we see good. That's and, cool. And yeah. biblical into that church from the from the beginning. Because yeah. um, that's, the, that's the best time to do it instead of trying to change something that already exists. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely language um, and culture. I mean, I feel like we couldn't have been prepared enough for how hard it is. It's just one, it's like, you know, when they say, oh, marriage is hard. And you're like, okay, you can only do so much. And then when you're in it, you're like, holy crap, this yeah. is hard. And I just remember for a solid year and a half of my life feeling like a toddler running mm-hmm. around Portugal, literally not even knowing how to say it. Like, it, I don't even know what I needed to say. I just didn't know what I didn't know. And I'm just like, I just need to find, you know, milk. And I had a hard time doing that, and that was exhausting. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, my gosh, these poor children. Like, <laughs> no wonder they're so tired and need naps. Um, <laughs> you really do realize, like, why children nap so much. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're, they're just, they're you're learning processing everything. Like, so everything everything gosh, around yeah. you. I mean, even things as simple as, you know, the light switches are different and, and everywhere. And they're not only do they look different, but they're placed outside of the room. So then you really have to think okay, when you're walking around your house. <laughs> no, the, the restrooms only. This, okay. The restrooms Sorry. light switches on the We could spend a whole our podcast because that is the most interesting thing yes. I've ever heard in my life. It's very okay. interesting. So, so when we come back, I'm always like trying to flip on the light switch from the outside. Wow. Yes. No switch yes. There. yes. So if anyone sees, you know, Nicola Mitchell, like trying like to just, like, on just the wall. Yeah. 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 So, or something like, you know, it, we hadn't moved and, um, you have to pick out your, your light fixtures. They don't come with the place. So when dep- you're renting, Oh, okay. we're renting and yeah. you have to find your own light fixture. So you go there and there's just bulbs hanging from the ceiling. So you rent an empty apartment. Like there's no it's lights like, at all. Yeah. And you just have to, you, put, you, have you install to find your own light fixtures. And then wow. when you move, you take those light fixtures. <laughs> they with go you. with you. And then you have it's to learn how weird. to install them because it's different than in yeah. the States. So anyways, um, so it's yeah. all the stuff that, you know, really everything that myself and our listeners, like the things we do every day, we don't think about you're yeah. thrown into a new culture. Yeah. And you have to, everything's new. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, they talk about culture shock for missionaries. And, you know, we're going to Europe, which is a westernized, like, area. But th- so that culture shock isn't so much like a punch in the face. It's mm. really just subtle and constant. Yeah. And then there's just some days where all there's just a bunch of little constant things that just get to you. And you're like, what on earth? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm either really aggravated right now or just, again, yeah, feeling like a toddler. And like, why can't I just do simple you things. You just want to cry. You're like, I need a snack and a nap, and yeah. that's all I need. Um, yeah. And then I would say as well, missing family. Um, I feel like we're really fortunate. Um, we've had so many family and friends come visit us. So if y'all want to visit us, come visit. Um, you heard it here first, guys. Open invitation. <laughs> Seriously, no, it really does. Yeah, <laughs> Redemption's pretty big. <laughs> we're bringing the whole church. <laughs> But it's a it small really, apartment, guys. It really does help when people visit because, um, I mean, our entire community is gone and our Christian community. And I feel like, I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like Ohio is really strong Christian community. Uh, like the Midwest in general, I guess that's why, you know, the Bible Belt. But um, And so to come from that to an unreached people group where there's very few Christians, it's like, wow, I'm... I just want, you know, friends to hang out with that understand me. And even my friends that speak English, it still doesn't feel so homey because even the English is different or the cultural understanding of what you're talking about in English is different. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we can go on. There's so many. 
yeah. hard things, but yeah, and I think it. that's and we got into that last the last missionaries missionary couple we had on. Um, we can't say their names, and obviously for their where they're at, and uh, but they said similar kind of things of just like you just it's a bittersweet thing. Like obviously you're following the call of God on your mm-hmm. life. It's like it is. I'm sure there's great joy and, and excitement in that, but at the same time, you don't realize like you're leaving behind everything you've known as normal, all your friend groups, your families, yeah. like, and there's a giant ocean in between you and them. Like mm-hmm. it's not as, not as easy. So, um, so on the flip side, what's been, so I know there's been challenges. What's been some of the things that's been really fulfilling for you guys? Just things that are just been really fun to either experience or watch God do, um, as you've been in Portugal. I say finally being able to communicate in Portuguese. Um, so can you say something? At, can you guys just like give us a line here? Because I don't think I don't think I've ever heard anyone speak Portuguese. So okay, I so wonder, like, to to let you know though ahead of time, okay. they say Portuguese. It sounds like a drunken Russian speaking Spanish. Okay, and it's we very true. You're not okay? drunk, hopefully. So no. we're good there. So okay. <laughs> I always have a hard time with this. Ask me to to tell you a story or respond to something. Oh, okay. Um, I need something to talk about. So. Uh, oh man, now you're putting me on the spot. I don't okay. know, like, which say, say what? Okay, I'll tell about the first time I was filling, trying to fill up our car in Europe. Okay, good, yeah. A primeira vez que eu estava tentar encher o nosso carro com gasóleo foi um grande confusão porque não sabia como é que eu posso pagar porque não sabia a língua suficiente para dizer quero esta quantidade de gasóleo no meu carro naquela bomba 5. Oh, you were right. That's what it does sound like. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. yeah. So what? Whatever. Everything you just you you're talking about putting gas in a car. So that's I, all my first. Here, I'll tell. This is a, a hard thing we faced filling up my stinking car for the first time. They do. They don't pay at the pump. Most places okay. you have to go in and pay at the cashier. So I went in and I was just like trying to tell them like I want like. 50 bucks, 50 euros of diesel, because most cars are diesel there, um, okay. on pump five. But I just like, I didn't know, I didn't know how to say <laughs> most of those things. Yeah. And then I also didn't understand anything he was saying back to me. Wow. And I was clearly like distraught and like, yeah. just like, what's going on? And he like, he just kind of like gave some hand gestures of like, go fill up, come back, pay. I and I was you. like, sweet, thanks, man. <laughs> so I think I'm in the woods or out of the woods, wow. right? I get to my car. I can't figure out how to open the gas door on my car because there's no like lever on the floor, like Toyota or something. It doesn't push open. I'm like yanking on this thing. I'm like, I'm going to bust this. (laughs) What the heck's going on? When the car is locked, the gas tank is, the door is locked. So Nicole was in the car with the door locked. She unlocks it because I'm trying to look and I was like, wait, wait, wait. And then she would relock it when I go back (laughs) out of the car. And it was interesting. Like, yeah. It was awful. I was sweating. Yeah. And it was like 20 minutes. Again, later. the most basic <laughs> thing you never think about. Oh, it took throwing, me. Yeah, that's wild. I don't, I don't know how many months till I was like, I felt comfortable to go on my own and get gas. And even then I call Mitchell and I say, yeah, okay, so this is, this is gas not so gasoline. We this use diesel, diesel mostly in most okay. cars. But they also have gas. Gazolio, gasolina. That's gasolina is gasoline. Gazolio is diesel. But when oh, and they wow. kind of sound yeah. different, but when you look at them, there's a lot of G's and S's yeah. and stuff. And you're like, Gazalu. Wow. Yeah. She'll call me, be like, Gazalu? I'm like, yeah. Gazalu. She's like, okay, I'm putting Gazalu in the car. Go, yeah. Oh, another fulfilling thing. This is like a small thing, but it feels super great when you're in Portugal is learning how to drive stick shift. 
in okay. Portugal. Is that just ever because everything stick everything shift? Everything stick okay. shift, yeah. And I, we felt like it was really important for me to learn, you know, in case there was an emergency or something. Yeah. But learning how to do it in Portugal with the Portuguese street signs and all the hilly roads and Very everything. Hilly. It, it was. I mean, it was hard to find a decently flat space that she could practice. I, it was terrifying. <laughs> it was really hard. And Courtney and I, when we were practicing, whenever we would drive, we would reward ourselves with Lidl pastries. These chocolate pastries are amazing at the grocery store. Lidl's and the like, brother company, sister company of oh, Aldi. Okay, okay. So like yeah. when you go to like a nice bakery oh, here nice. and you get a pastry... You just find that at the local grocery store, and it's amazing. So we would go get chocolate pastries after we drove Steak Chef. We we're like, yeah, That's I did it. Celebration. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So going back to fulfilling things, yeah. definitely food. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I say also, um, I in the second year that we were there, we got a lot of affirmation from some of the local Portuguese just about the ministry that we were doing. Um, and that was, uh, words can't describe that. I mean, because mm. everything that we had ever worked for to get to Portugal and to do what we were doing, it was like the first time in a year and a half, someone said, oh my goodness, thank you so yeah. much for what you're oh, doing. Like you guys. Coming down cool. So it was from a family, Mitchell Disciples, one one of their children and his brother, um, Tommy Disciples. And so we had spent a lot of time with their family. And when they told us that, and she was crying, mom was crying. And I was just like, oh my goodness, thank you, Jesus. And it was in a really hard season. Mm-hmm. And she told us that, and it was the sweetest thing I could have yeah, received really cool. in that season. And so that and was... We've been praying a lot for just like some kind of encouragement. Just mm-hmm. like, Lord, yeah. we need something to boost us up. And that was a highlight cool. of like the yeah. year. Yeah. Well, that, that is... And I love that you guys share that. Because there is... I think a lot of times people ask <clears throat> like what can I do for our missionaries? Like maybe they can't financially support you. So obviously, you know, mm-hmm. we push them to pray, but sometimes people are like, what's a tangible thing. And really like, to your point, I mean, sometimes just sending a letter an email mm-hmm. can, can be a world of difference. So oh that's yeah. For sure. Cool. For yeah. sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, so what's, you know, speaking of, uh, people back home. So I think, you know, like I said, I think a lot of people listening as a part of Redemption Chapel, they, I think everyone has somewhat of an idea of what a missionary does and you guys have shared a little bit that's probably maybe helped shape that in a better way. But, but what are some things that you would wish uh, people back in the States knew about being a missionary? Maybe it's not specific to Portugal, but just what are maybe some misconception or things that you're like, man, if the church in the States knew this, we could support you better or we could just be more mindful of what missionaries are doing day to day. And that's kind of a super broad question. So mm-hmm. yeah, take yeah. it however you want. I think I think the biggest thing is maybe most people don't know what mission missionaries yeah. do um, because missions can be a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't we don't have a nine to five. You know, missions okay. and and ministry mm-hmm. in general. In in America, we can have a little bit more of a kind of the rest of the the society's like normal work week, mm-hmm. quote unquote. But even outside of that, as a pastor, you know, like True. there's yeah. late night calls, there's <laughs> yeah. hospital visits, there's things that don't fit into those boxes. So. Um, yeah, just we're, we might not have that nine to five mm-hmm. punch in, punch out. So we might have a really heavy morning, a really light afternoon or really usually heavy evenings. Cause that's yeah. when most people aren't working. Um, so yeah, just being understanding of that. And then as we're on home leave too, um, we're not here just on vacation. We still have a lot of stuff yeah. to be doing, especially as we launch to the next term. Um, yeah. So we've yeah had That's, some people yeah. like, oh, so how's the vacation going? Or how you are you, you know, you're like what vacation? Well? Yeah. Like, well, you know, we're running around trying to meet with all of our ninety plus supporters yeah. and 
plan a bunch of stuff for the yeah. future. So, yeah. And I'm glad you said that. Cause I do think, um, you know, they, because we're a larger church, you probably are insulated a little bit from it. But I, I know the churches I grew up in were smaller. And like when missionaries were back, it was like, you know, everyone just like, like, I want to hang out with them. Yeah. And like, yeah. and it's good to know like, you guys, when you're back, I mean, granted, I'm sure there's people you want to see, but some of that is like, you have families, so that's going to take up time. You have your closer friends, but to your point, a lot of it is, it's like, well, we still have work to do. Like, yeah. we got to meet with these people. So, And uh, it's hard because we're insight. both extroverted. We love people. Mm. Um, and we have so many good friends we want to be spending time with and all our supporters we love. Um, but, yeah, and we also have a five-month-old that changes the game. We, that is very true. Yeah. Nine <laughs> o'clock is rolling around, and I am just dreaming of my pillow. That's like the new thing yeah. for me. <laughs> hey, I'm, I feel you, man. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Anything you would add to that, Nicole? Just misconceptions there's things you wish people would know um you you say it better than i do we're gonna say okay one one other thing uh i think we want people to know is like we're not we're not a special breed um some people i think can put missionaries on a on a pedestal and i wouldn't say that i don't think we've been put on a pedestal but we definitely get approached differently and some of that's probably just because people don't just they're curious. They don't have mm-hmm. a good background understanding, just like we did before we went sure, into missions. Yeah. Um, but a quote that I love to share with people was from Jim Elliott. He said, "Missionaries are very human folks, just doing what they are asked. Simply a bunch of nobodies trying to exalt somebody with a capital S." Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, and just trying to like humble us, like we're sinners too. You know, yeah. like we are just normal people who love Jesus and want to tell others about him. Yeah. And we definitely don't know it all. We don't know it all. And, yeah. <laughs> the and, more we're in it, the more we realize yeah. we don't know it all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And I think, and I love that too, because I think it's, you know, we talked about, uh, I don't know if you guys were back. I don't think you were back yet, but we, we did a, we had a series recently on Sunday mornings called Go. And one of the weeks, Pastor Rick talked about missions and, you know, he, we talked a lot about, you know, missions is in the neighborhood and your community. But I think a lot of people feel, like you said, like they put missionaries, like full-time missionaries on such a pedestal. They're like, that's like a super calling or a super Christian thing. And the downside is that is what they do is they write themselves out of like, Mm, that mm -hmm. could never be me. And that's sort of our push and Pastor Rick did a great job. Like, what if, you know, for your kids, like, what if that's a prayer? Like pray for your kids to potentially be full-time missions or what if, you do that. Like you leave the job you're at, like it's doesn't have to be a far fetched thing. Like I'm sure there was a point you guys thought, is this really going to be reality? And now it is. But, Mm -hmm. uh, but you said you're normal people following God and this is what he's called you to do. So that's cool. So how can we, uh, how can we be praying for you guys? So what are anything specific as our, as our listeners who mostly are redemption chapel folks, like what can we be doing to pray for you guys in this next season and phase? Well, I think over the next year, we're going to have a lot of changes, um, especially with with all of our young kids as a team, um, you know, meeting so many new people here. Uh, we just got to the States and then traveling back to Portugal. And then Mitchell and I are going to be moving um, closer to where we'll be church planting. Um, so there's just going to be a lot of change. So please just be praying for consistency, stability in our lives in some area amidst all the ch- amongst or amidst. <laughs> Our English sucks. We don't. Yeah, we <laughs> ever don't, since no. learning Portuguese, <laughs> we we speak English every day and we suck at it half okay. the time. So <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's <true>. fine. <laughs> Amongst, yeah. Um, yeah, this season, this next season. So yeah, just just praying. Um, yeah, for like patience, our marriages, our families, because um, 
doing all these things in a different country is really mm-hmm. stressful. And um, yeah, I, th- I think that would be my prayer request. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just be praying for us just as much as you can be. And the Portuguese. In, in general for the Portuguese hearts. Yeah. Um, yeah. For our team marriage, everything Nicole said. Um, we've been as a team and individually as myself as well, just learning more about prayer. Hmm. Um, there's a really good little video series that we did from JD Greer that's on, um, right now media. I don't remember what it's called, but it's like on the Lord's prayer. I think, uh, riffing on the Lord's prayer. Oh, nice. Yeah. Super good. Um, and, um, yeah, that, and then just like other studies I've been doing. I'm also reading A Praying Life by, I think it's Paul Miller. Great book. Great, Great book, book. Yeah. I'm only four chapters in, and it's already just like shaped my my prayer life. Um, but just realizing, yeah, like prayer is so important, and it's like a mystery too, though. There's a lot of mystery to it, and yeah. just like what does that mean, you know? Um, but realizing that God does big things. Hmm through prayer and like after prayer and just like hearing stories of, you know, just getting a whole church and just hundreds of people praying for a launch of a mm-hmm. church plan or launch of a specific event or whatever. And just people responding like crazy. So as we launch into that, this new term, um, and we start those efforts of trying to reach people, um, just be praying for that. Yeah. And those efforts would just be blessed and people would be open to hearing the gospel. Definitely. Uh, well, thanks, uh, guys, for yeah jumping on the podcast. Thank you for your obviously your ministry and what you're doing in Portugal. And uh, yeah, it's fun to hear a little bit about how that's going. And hopefully, our listeners uh, got to know you a little bit and at least now know how to pray for you guys in the next uh, season and years to come. So, uh, thanks for being on the podcast and thanks for listening. Yep. And hopefully, you'll join us uh, on another episode of Redemption Unscripted. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others. To catch the latest episode, be sure to subscribe and follow us. For more resources like this, visit our website at www.redemptionchapel.com grow. We hope you join us next time on Redemption Unscripted.